Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome back for another episode of It's Everything with me, your hostess, B.B. Sweetbriar. We are the weekly Sunday edition of the wonderful Michelle Meow Show. And this is our first episode after Christmas. It's December 27th today. And hopefully all of you got all the things you wish for. And if you didn't get them, chances are you weren't as good as you thought you were. You were a little bit naughty. So, you know, when that happens, you don't get everything on your list. You just get a few things on it. But hopefully it was not only enjoyable but safe. And you got an opportunity to share some good things with some great people in your lives. And so hopefully we're going to do the same thing for you today with uh, some of the guests that we have on that joined us after their festivities and so I'm very happy that they took the time to do that. Um, first up when we were um, on our on our guest list is a wonderful actor and comedian, musician, singer, um, and drag king in the community um, is on the show to introduce to some of you a new a new little thing that I'm sure is going to become a regular um, uh, theater production of Star Trek Live. Uh, they're going to be bringing again their rendition of Mud's Women uh, on January 6th for their second time. They did it earlier or the latter part of 2015. So Lee Crow's going to come on, place Captain Carrick. Captain Carrick. I sound like the Irish person on Captain Carrick um, on, on, in, the, in the show, and, and it's a wonderful show, so I can't wait for her to tell you about that. And then followed by that, we're going to visit with Courtney Act, who has been doing a holiday show all of December. And, of course, it ended with the season. But um, we talk a little bit about how Christmas is a little warm for us there in Australia when you're south of the equator. And and um, so we talk about that a little bit and about what's coming up for her because she's accomplished so much in her career that sometimes you run out of things to accomplish. But I think she has some things that she wants to do. And then after that, I'm going to be visiting with Gloss Magazine's editor, Frank Fanucci, who had an opportunity to speak with some LGBT. LGBT illuminaries about what was it about 2015 that made it memorable to them or for them. So those are going to be our, our guests for our, our show today. And so we're going to take a brief, brief commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to have Lee Crow. Thanks for listening to the Progressive Voices Network, streaming the best in progressive talk 24-7. Keep the progressive conversation going on by joining our community. Each week, we send out an email that covers important things taking place in the Progressive Voices Network and throughout the progressive world. Be the first to know of upcoming shows, schedule changes, exclusive programming, and more. Simply go to ProgressiveVoices.com and sign up for our mailing list. It's that easy. ProgressiveVoices.com. Thanks for listening, and thanks for joining the Progressive Voices community. I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family. So where do we start? <laughs> Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. As a unified team of the best fertility specialists, guided by the highest ethical standards, 
Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. This is a true story about two best friends who fell in love and moved across the country to the city by the bay. After many years of dating, Jen and Jacqueline are now planning their dream wedding. It's a big moment in everyone's life when you say I do, especially when you can make choices for your authentic life and your loved ones too. Congratulations, Jen and Jacqueline. Live your authentic life. A special message brought to you by Weatherford BMW. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the program. It's everything with me, your hostess, B.B. Sweetbriar, the weekly Sunday segment of the Michelle Miao Show. And I'm sure you can hear the music running behind me, and that is, of course, the Star Trek theme. And you're probably wondering, why in the heck am I playing it? Well, I told you I'm going to be speaking to a consummate actor, a consummate drag king, a great performer here, and we'll talk a little bit about all that she does um, because I have Lee Crow on the line, and she is currently, or going to be doing, excuse me, uh, a, a, a kind of, um, what do they call it, a command performance of a show uh, that they did uh, recently at Oasis, and the show is Star Trek Live Meds women, and they do the whole episode in theater form. Lee, are you with me? Kirk here. <laughs> Kirk here. I tell you, it's so great to have you. You know, it's really neat because I've been wanting to have an opportunity because I didn't get an opportunity to talk to you about the show when it ran the first time. Well, the first time for for most of us out there, you know, the show is mm-hmm. kind of a, res- a resurgent from a period long ago when it was done before here locally. <laughs> in, in a galaxy far away. Far away. <laughs> but um, I'm really glad that I had an opportunity to wait because I've seen the show, um, had an opportunity to be somewhat involved with it. And so I think I have a different understanding of yeah. what to ask or what the public might want to know going into sure. this blindly um, for the first time. But I'm pretty sure most of these nights coming up when it begins again on January 6th are going to be sold out from people who saw it before. Trust me. Um, it's that good. <laughs> but, you know, the first question, you play Captain Kirk on, on this, which is every everybody's dream role. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Really? Because, you know, that role itself, the characterization of Captain Kirk has come become the personality of many people. Out yes, there. Well, the great, one of the great things about playing the part is you can never do too much. <laughs> no matter how far you go, it's it's it not enough, right? Enough. So it, that really that is really fun as an actor. That's a lot of fun uh, to just really just turn it up as as high as you can, just to be as ridiculous as you can, and. And it works. Well, the so thing about it is, you know, you pulled this off um, <laughs> with gender aside. You pulled this off with amazement. I mean, I really, I really, everybody in the show, really, though, I mean, you lose sight of the fact because, number one, the 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 stage is, is in a way where it looks like the program. It looks like the yeah, series. it really does. And then the <laughs> actors are so damn good that you really lose sight that you're actually looking at a theatrical production um, oh, with, great. you know, 
gender bending all the way. Most of the, all of the, I do believe all of the yes. um, male roles 100%. are played by drag kings, and I That's think right. all of the female roles are played by drag queens. Yep. So, yep. which really, if you um, you know, if you look at a lot of sh- a lot of drag shows and. You know, that's not necessarily the norm. It's mm-hmm. usually 90% men, you know, mm-hmm. playing men and women. Exactly, exactly. So it's just been, that's, that's also been really fun to just, um, you know, you open up the curtain and there, you know, there's the crew of the Enterprise and it is it is 90% women, you know, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fun, it's exciting and people really, people really responded to it. So I was really, really pleased. Well, the thing is, is that were you a, an avid fan of Star Trek as a yes. as a kid? Yes. Okay. So I have yes. So I have been working on this part for the past about forty five years. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And why why must women? And before you answer that, mm-hmm. I will tell you. I I wa I was not I'm not a Trekkie or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you were if you grew up in the '60s, you you watched the show. Well, and, I mean, if you grew up in this country, right? You watched been, the show. But I mean, I watched been, it when it was fresh off the reel, yeah, right? Right, right. <laughs> you know? You know. And but of all the episodes that you could have done, the one I'm most familiar with is Mud's Women. For some reason, so I mean, for me to, you know, for those out there, I had to, I, I stepped in when one of the, um, when uh, Honey Mahogany had a previous engagement and could not uh, do her role um, for that and one were, night. And you were wonderful. No, 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 but I stepped in, but I didn't have a whole lot of time to remember or to get kind of the feel. But I didn't really need so much of that is because I was so familiar with what was going on. I knew the storyline and what happened. Yeah. I knew all, I didn't have to do a lot of research on that. Right. Um, do you find that people are like getting like so familiar with this um, episode that it's really hot? And because of their familiarity, it puts a lot of, put you guys in the hot seat to nail this shit. Well, I think there's, Yes, there's definitely some of that. It is a quintessential Star Trek episode. And I think because it is, um, you've got the crew, they're all there. It takes place just on the ship, which, and one location, which was easy to, uh, you know, uh, uh, adapt for stage. But also that it's got the three sexy space babes. And that's something that we, we, uh, we looked for for original Star Trek, you know, it's got to be about you know, it, there's got to be Kirk and, and flirtation uh, you know, and the, all that. The, the, the big haired. Yeah, he was the James haired. Bond of the galaxy. Exactly. <laughs> so I think in that way, uh, it's it's uh, it's sort of one that people remember. Um, well, I, I think it's like I I was totally impressed at how you were able to to get a lot of the audience members to come in character um a, a good percentage of the people were were there in their in uniform in their uniform <laughs> and you do something really special after um this is a, a two-act performance or play uh-huh. and after the first act you come out as kirk and do a little trivia with the audience yeah and we call it we call it Stump the Captain. And I and, uh, tell you, there, there are some people out there who want blood, boo-boo. They want to get uh, out there and just uh, like, okay, I'm ready. I am ready. And then you, and then you tell them the answer, and there's like a little variation. You know what I mean? It's like you kind of, the answer you give is correct, but the, oh, no, no, no. The, the, oh, and they'll yeah. just elaborate on the. Attention to detail. Oh, yeah. my God. Which, again, is another hard thing because you know those people out there know everything. Like, don't have anything out of place on that ship. 
Please don't no, have anything no, out of no, place. No. Don't take nope, don't take any liberties. <laughs> <laughs> because they will pick it out. Now, you're, like I told the audience before, is that this um, this particular episode was done um, earlier this year, or not too a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. and um, November. So you're bringing it back on January sixth, and it's going to yep. run for the entire month of uh, yep. January. Wednesday, yep, Wednesday through Saturday for three weeks. And um, it is at Oasis, which is a wonderful uh, venue mm-hmm. for this. And it's a, se- a seven o'clock curtain. Great, and it and it ends early enough during the week, so you can party oh, yeah. and do whatever you want oh, to. Absolutely, yeah. Afterwards, it's a, it's only it only runs about I want to say about an hour and forty five minutes, maybe not even quite that. So it's a, I mean it's certainly it's a full length play, but it's not too long that uh, you know that you're there that you're there late, and that, you know they have another show in later in the evening. So it's a yeah, it's a it's a great, and then you can you know you can hang out in the back bar. We we all up. Uh, Stay in costume and go to the Fez bar and take pictures and have drinks with people and talk. Yeah, that's always so you cool because yeah. um, people get into that because I, I experience yeah, that myself. Always, they they you know, want to take pictures with their characters. They definitely yeah, and, you do. Know, um, I do this stump the captain, but of course people don't get up. And then then in so then I finally started telling people, okay, if you're going to ask me trivia questions in the bar, you better have a drink in your hand for me. Oh, yeah, right, right, <laughs> make it count, <laughs> make it count. Now, this is, but the good news is that, um, the bad news is that this particular performance ends on the 23rd of January. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the good news is that you are planning on doing other episodes in the future. Yes, it won't be so much later in the year, but we will do a new episode uh, next year. So. Well, this is going to be great because we've we've seen so many um, theater productions of television shows um, done here in the city, and that's another thing that I love about San Francisco because but, we, uh, you, you know, Star Trek really has its. Uh, I mean, if if you had to pick one television show from American history that has really created an entire subculture, oh it, yeah, it would it would be Star Trek. Right, and, not only a like subculture, that, but look at all the things that are on that show that we actually have in our lives for oh, real. No, real, yeah, you know. Well, I wish. Uh, some of the, what shall I say, some of the the social, uh, you know, uh, equality issues really came true. <laughs> right, right. Well, I really wish that when you had, we have microwaves, but I really wish that it just created food <laughs> right. for you. Because that's what I like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and don't worry about take, buying a plane ticket. I'll just get beamed up. You know what I I'm know. saying? I love, right. Well, yeah. God, would that be so funny if that ever happened? But, uh, right. but that's good that you're going to be doing more episodes. I'm really excited about that. But I am going to tell the audience out there that this show will sell out there's no doubts about it now the yeah. first time around i may have said well you know nah, this is the no, word sold, has gotten sold, out yeah we sold really well so i was really really pleased about it yeah so it's going to um, definitely sell out early it's not going to be one yeah. of those let me show up and maybe i can get a ticket nah yeah, you need so, to get, uh, you, so i <laughs> you can go online now at www.sfoasis.com and get your ticket, and I'm encouraging you now. I've never been, I've never been so adamant about something like this <laughs> buying awesome. beforehand. But this, you've got to see it. I mean, I've talked to people who've been three and four times when it ran the first time, and they're gonna uh, go back again. I know it because yeah. it's one of those things that you want. It's one of those things where you got to go with people. You can't, you know. There's no fun sitting there and enjoying the show, and you don't got somebody hit next to you. You know what I'm saying? You just, well, it's, it's been, <laughs> yeah, it's been really great. And um, people, you know, um, 
several people, you know, of course there's the Trekkies, but then there's people like, you know, I've never even seen Star Trek, but my friend made me come and I'm so glad I did. I thought this was hilarious. Right. So I don't think that you necessarily have to really be a, you know, fully into the geekdom of it. Yeah, the storylines are so easy to follow. And, well, and even when, like I said, these, these characters have become pop culture icons. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody who who lives in this country doesn't you know, know, does who, know they, who, who they are. Is, You're you absolutely know. right. You're yeah. absolutely right. And I'm so right. lucky to have a really, really talented cast. All the, um, there, there are several, you know, um, several of the, of the drag kings are, you know, real actors, shall we say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all the queens are just gorgeous and hilarious. Um, and so it's just a, it's been great. And our directors, Darcy Drollinger and Lori Bushman have done just an amazing, amazing job. Right. And the customer, the set designer, all of it really, uh, really stepped up, and I think people really like to see the attention to detail and, you know, a real loving tribute to something, And uh, but we also, I mean, the loving tribute, but we also, you know, make it funny. Make right. it really funny. So. Hey, what, but you know what's so funny about that? You make it funny without really having to change you don't the dialogue. To. Because you don't all to. those innuendos were <laughs> already there. in there. You all just, there. we just act them out a little bit more. That's yeah. all. But that one was so funny because when I was studying the script, Uh I actually brought up the episode on Hulu, and I'm like, these are the exact words. And you're just like, did they really say that? Did they really say that? (laughs) (laughs) And they did. It's just that we put a little bit more infliction on that part. Did these women (laughs) voluntarily? I mean, really, really, you know, really. <laughs> but it was so funny. But I have to say, um, uh, Lee did mention um, that um, the majority of the the episode takes place on the ship. So I do want to let the public know, as you do before you open the curtain, is the detail definitely is um, is um, is intact when it comes Absolutely. to the reproduction. Absolutely, and the, the um, production our production designer uh, uh, has made me. Uh, Exact replica of Captain Kirk's chair. Yeah. And let me tell you, because I think you mentioned briefly, we we did do this year, show years ago, years years mm-hmm. ago, ten or twelve years ago, in a warehouse down South Market when you could still do that sort of thing. And I had an office chair, you know, which mm-hmm. was fine. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. But you know, times have changed. So and, yeah, to have the chair. Right. And we've really, got these really creative minds just waiting to do stuff like this. So exactly. So that's that's that was a real that was a real. Well, that was just some um, really fun. Well, you not only can go to sfoasis.com to get your tickets, you can actually go to the website and get even more information on the show and read some of the wonderful reviews mm. that have come from some significant writers out there about the performances. Yeah, we, I, really, we got we got great press. I I was just really I I'm just so pleased. Yeah, I think I think we should see some of these nominated for some of our theater awards out there in the coming <laughs> years. So hold tight for that. But I want to thank you for being on the show and at least sharing. Well, thank you, your Christina. Experience. It was great. It was great to have you um, in the show. So um, I'll make sure well, I'll I push Honey down the stairs. I was gonna so say, you well, can... either you or I. I've got my bag of marbles ready. So you know, you know, I already told her that Just don't. Kidding. <laughs> no. Thanks so much, Lee. Thank and you, hun. I'll see you soon. Oh, you sure will. Okay, y'all, right. get online and buy those tickets at sfoasis.com. We're gonna take another a brief uh, message, and when we come back, we'll have more of it's everything.
Thanks for listening to the Progressive Voices Network, streaming the best in progressive talk 24-7. Keep the progressive conversation going on by joining our community. Each week, we send out an email that covers important things taking place in the Progressive Voices Network and throughout the progressive world. Be the first to know of upcoming shows, schedule changes, exclusive programming, and more. Simply go to ProgressiveVoices.com and sign up for our mailing list. It's that easy. ProgressiveVoices.com. Thanks for listening, and thanks for joining the Progressive Voices community. Well, welcome back. Thank you for staying with us. If you just joined us, this is It's Everything with me, your hostess, B.B. Sweetbriar. We are the Sunday weekly episode of the Michelle Miao Show here on Progressive Voices. Um, as I did in earlier in the program, gave you a list of our our um, wonderful host, and we, we had an opportunity to speak with Lee Crow. Now it's time for us to move on to another former drag. We had a drag king. Now we got a drag queen. You know, I'm an equal opportunity type of host here. And this is not only a drag queen, but one of the, the, one of the best in the world. Hails from Australia and a finalist, a runner-up to be exact, on season six of... RuPaul's Drag Race. I had an opportunity to speak with Courtney Act as she finished up her season with her one-woman show called From Head to Mistletoe and also visited. It did come to San Francisco and it went to New York and a few other places in the country before she had to hang it up. We talked about how Christmas is a little different from um, America's um, than it is in Australia because of the weather where we normally are having very cool to snowy, blizzardy weather. It is hot as hell. Uh, No pun intended at all. It is really that hot in um, Australia. And so they kind of celebrate a little bit differently. We talk a little bit about that. Plus we listened uh, into a few of her tunes that um, were popular during the holidays as well as we listened to one of her pop tunes from her current EP that she has out there. So without further ado, here is Courtney Act. This is BB. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm very well. Well, I'm so glad to have you on the phone. I'm glad to be on the phone. Well, this holiday season, you've got so much going on with music as well as your your um, Christmas show uh, from Head to Mistletoe. Let's talk a little bit about the music that you've got coming out because you're you're um, featured on the uh, Christmas Queens album. Yeah, um, I think this is such a great idea. Our agent, uh, producer, entertainment um, gathered up the girls in his stable and said, "Let's do a Christmas album." And uh, I wrote. Uh, two original songs, mm-hmm. one called Head to Mistletoe, mm-hmm. which is my solo song, and um, it's a cute little cute little song about seeing my lover dressed up as Santa, putting presents under the Christmas tree to surprise the kids, but then I see him there when he's dressed as Santa, and I just can't resist. Somebody was like, hang on, are you having sex with Santa Claus? And I was like, no, no, it's my boyfriend dressed as Santa Claus in the song. <laughs> um I didn't know what it was. I mean, you were just standing there in your Santa Claus outfit. It just looks so cute. And well, then I realized that you were standing underneath the mistletoe. And what was I supposed to do? 
Christmas tune out the the three of you Alaska and Willem. Yeah. Uh, Bring me a man, which of course is a, a classic, but um, it is. Yeah. So I'm sure it has uh, you know the usual uh, rule girls twist to it. It does, although it's actually a lot less. It, especially the Willem twist, where it's you know about fisting or whatever. It's actually <laughs> a fairly it's, it's a fairly straight version of this and bring me a man. Let's do 
good boys and girls around the world in one night. Oh, Santas. And it's funny because we, the AAA girls, only had two songs: mm-hmm. our AAA girl song and the Christmas song. And we tour all around the world together. It's this hugely popular thing, but we only have these two songs, and one of them's a Christmas song. So we find ourselves being demanded to sing Christmas songs in May in London or in June in Australia. Or it's just Willem's always like, "Really? Are we singing a Christmas song?" And I'm like, <laughs> "We got nothing else." Well, and, and Christmas is so different in Australia than it is here because you're in the middle of your summer yeah it's uh it's 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 funny because we still because we're so influenced by the european traditions mm-hmm. you know and the, the same as america like, you know, the yeah. turkey and the ham yeah. <laughs> all of that jazz where it's like it's it's 100 degrees and we're all outside sweating our tits off and we're eating like this giant hot turkey with cranberry sauce and <laughs> it just makes no sense no, no, however you you're you're, st- you're waterboarding instead of um snow slaying right no snow sleighing. Yeah, all, all waterboarding or skiing or something oh, of that nature. Uh, yeah, boogie boarding, we yeah, call boogie, it. Yeah, boogie boarding, okay. I can yeah. only envision kind of the uh, go-go girls, um, the go-go's when they did the um, that vacation album. Vacation. And they yeah. Had to walk, yeah, taking a vacation or something. That would be kind of cool to do a Christmas song doing that. Christmas in Australia, water skiing in a Santa, in a Santa Claus outfit. Right. In my show, I actually... Um, I give a little example of what Santa Claus looks like in Australia because obviously he he can't wear that big hot red suit. And he's not so a big I, uh, daddy with a, a beard, apparently. I have a sexy Santa that I like to strip off the suit and reveal him down to his his uh, his speedo. Although if, if I'm in San Francisco, maybe I should have a a big daddy rather than a a buff. Well, you know, gay. we kind of have them all. So that's the one thing about here. We kind of. You know, it's a free-for-all, and everybody just kind of mingles together, and where you fall into place, you fall into place. So it's kind of cool about that. I don't think you have to worry about who you bring. We'll all love them. I love Burning Man Pride Festivals in San Francisco. They all have people from all walks of life mixing and walking amongst each other and, and getting along, which, I don't know, I feel like sometimes when you just mix within your own little group, you don't tend to get all of the you know all of the all of the good things that come from meeting people who are different from yourself right do you feel um in in some way i mean for a lot like you you mentioned some smaller towns you know you guys are you're you along with the other root girls in many ways are ambassadors of the gay community because many times you're the only contact they've had with any form of celebrity when it comes to gay life gay entertainment um how do you react to some of that well, I, um, 
I, I agree, um, and it's it's interesting to see how Drag Race has, you know, penetrated, um, pardon the pun, uh, <laughs> penetrated, you know, the world. Really, we go to we go to. It's not just America. It's amazing, like the reach across the world, mm -hmm. Asia and Europe and everywhere else, and. Um, I mean, I think some of us are questionable ambassadors, but some of us do a great job. And I think in, in that same way, there's, you know, there's always good bits and there's bad bits. And I, I think that's just part of it. Like there's some, there's some, you know, brilliant, like Bianca is just, you know, even, even with her, you know, nobody's safe with Bianca right. whether what exactly. your race is what your gender is what your socioeconomic status is and that's kind of the brilliant thing about her and then there's someone like Alaska who is just she she speaks to her audience so clearly and so well with her music and her stuff and then there's Willem who's just smart <laughs> and she she does it brilliantly um, and it's just yeah we're all we're all kind of there's something for everybody really well, and, and I think that's why it works so well exactly and I think that and and that's kind of my point, too, is because of the rainbow um, that is represented in the group, you know, of people that you just mentioned and beyond. Um, yeah. That's kind of how we are as gay people. And so many people forget that. They only concentrate on the gay and forget all the diversity. Totally. And forget all the diversity that's within that, you know, just like the rest of the world. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, you know, it's this thing, you know, this concept of privilege that mm -hmm. I know America is is familiar with, but we, we definitely experience it in the gay community as well. And I was doing, I'm the official ambassador, I'm the global ambassador for the Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras. Mm -hmm. And we were having a meeting the other day because they're launching the festival and we were going through all the events. And I was like, oh, you know, what about some, some women's events um, and, you know, some events for Indigenous Australians and for trans people. And we were sort of trying to, um, and, and it was, it was, it was slightly more challenging to find the women's events. And I, and I was talking to the guys and I was like, well, you know, we, as, you know, gay men are predominantly, uh, well, gay men, you know, white gay men are the, are the privileged group. And, and if the women's events aren't as easy to find, then, you know, let's make it our job to, to find them and to, to help bring them up because... Yeah. Not well, in a patronizing or, way, but find them or create them, which you can't find. Sometimes you need to create. So you, yeah, you, we'll find the women to create exactly. them. Exactly, identify who. Yeah, that's a wonderful task. I'm glad to hear that you guys are undertaking some of that and broadening uh, in, in many many ways. What's next for you? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> I, it's funny because this year I released um, an EP of original pop songs, which is literally been a childhood dream of mine and it's been that thing that I've been working towards kind of like my entire life in a, in a way mm -hmm. and then I did it and then I was like oh what now <laughs> um but next year I want to I've I've kind of had a taste of touring the clubs in the last two years and and what I know from that is that I really enjoy doing you know cabaret or theater style performances mm -hmm. where you have a good sound system, good lights, people who are, you know, in chairs watching you as opposed to a nightclub at 2am where the mic doesn't work and the stage is sticky and the lights are pointing in the other direction. I really want to focus a lot more on, um, you know, live performance, live music and venues like that. So right. well, always doing more touring like that. Well, we're going to end on that note. How about that? 
Thank you. That was lovely talking to you. Courtney, you have a good rest of the day since it's all before. Thanks. Okay. You have a good, you have a good afternoon. Okay. Bye-bye now. Bye. Okay, thank you so much for, I think that was very interesting. We're going to, um, we're going to make sure that we keep up to date on what Courtney Act is up to and we'll follow up as soon as we got more information for you. Um, but we're going to listen to her current, one, not current, but one of her hits from her EP that was put out earlier this year called Ecstasy as we go into commercials. So I will be back as soon as we finish that and I'll have Frank Finucci with me. your lips leave it on your tongue take you back to your glory days i'll pick you up in my boyfriend's car take you far steal your breath Feel you. 
You're listening to the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn. Please help us grow. Tell your friends to tune in to Progressive Voices. Find out more at ProgressiveVoices.com. Welcome back. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that uh, final song of uh, Courtney at Ecstasy before we went into commercial break. I love it. You know, I love a good pop song, so that's a good song there. Well, we're at the very end of our program today on the 27th of December, and this will be our last program of the year. 2015 has gone by so fast. I tell you, I, I'll i be 100 before you all know it. And, um, of course, I'll be looking good, but I'll still be 100. And, um, you know, I thought that would be a good time because many of you know I am also a writer for gloss magazine in san francisco reporting to all of you on the wonderful lgbtq celebrities and beyond out there and one of the things that i worked on for the magazine um for their issue that came out on christmas day is um what happened in 2015 um for some lgbtq luminaries of san francisco and beyond Um, that made the year memorable for them. And the idea behind that is that so many times we lose contact with, or we think we lose contact as regular laymen in this country or in this world with those that we put on pedestals and that we look up to. And I just wanted to, to let people know that sometimes it's the same simple things that affect us that affect them. The same things that we get joy out of, they get joy out of. The same things that they are angry about, uh, we are angry about. So I, I, I just wanted people to think, um, to get a feel that some of the things that people will remember 2015 uh, for are the same little things that we will remember them. And some of them are big things that we will also hold dear as regular people. So um, I decided to go ahead and bring and call Frank Finucci, who's the editor and creative director for Gloss Magazine, to kind of chime in with me on some of the things that we found out about some of these luminaries. Frank, how are you? I'm good. How are you, BB? I'm fine, thank you. Are you, are you awake? You sound a little... I, I know. Wait, you know what's really funny is because I know how th- this time of year, the end of the year is always like a pain in everybody's butt. And um, magazines, newspapers, things who have to kind of put everything to a close, they kind of have it the worst, I think, because there's no, you know, there's no going back when the 31st hits, you're gone. You're done. <laughs> 2015's over. Um, so um, we're definitely in that. But, um, but, you know, as you and I were talking earlier about trying to put something in this past issue that would kind of um, bring it to an end, I, I think we kind of came up with something like this and gave an opportunity for some of the people out there in our community to kind of look back a little bit because the, the year does go by so fast that sometimes we lose sight of the things that happened during the year. Um, and this gave them an opportunity to do that. I know when I talked to these people that they were all kind of like, oh, my God, thank you for asking me because I never – I didn't really – Think about that. You know what I mean? And you kind of forced me to look over the year to see what it is that, you know, really impacted me. And, you know, it was kind of good. Like some of the things that came out for you guys, you know, like uh, Lady Bunny is one person that I had an opportunity to talk to who is not only, you know, a legendary drag queen, but she's very worldly because she travels all over the world doing what she does. So, you know, at any given point in time, she could be any part 
of the world and doing it. So it was really good to hear some perspectives from her because it wasn't just, you know, America or, you know, one state or one city. You know, she really had to think a lot about what happened in my life during this year that made it memorable. Yeah. And she kind of pointed out a visit to another place. She she pointed out her trip to Bali, which was something she's always wanted to do and was always on her bucket list that, list that she was able to take off of that. And not like, unlike most drag queens who have an opportunity, particularly at her level and at her legendary state, that they get an opportunity to tap into so many different cultures um, that so many of us live our whole lives with and never get to do. And um, and she got a chance to do that in, with Bali. One point that I want to bring out, if you haven't read the article, is that um, she says that psych psychotropic is that the word right word uh drugs is punishable by by death now i gather that's because she had some with her and she probably <laughs> and she probably had to get rid of them or something i don't know i don't know why she mentioned that but she did what do you, what do you think like a fun a fun plane ride she took, <laughs> she took that and her ambient yeah, yeah, take your eat your ambient and your Xanax on the flight over, or you may die in paradise. <laughs> what what a way to! But I think that's sound advice to so all of you out there who are planning a trip to Bali. That's sound advice, and we we want you to remember your trip to Bali for all the right reasons and not for all the wrong reasons. You know, there were a lot of things that went on this year that progressed the um, fight for equality for our transgender brother and sisters out there. And we heard from a couple of people from the community um, about what they saw as memorable. One of them did definitely um, hone in on uh, the, that progress that has definitely stood out this year. And she happens to be a star of one of the groundbreaking shows that happens to be on Fuse TV in their new docu-series called Transcendent, what it, which is filmed in San Francisco with our, inter, our trans entertainers with Asia SF. And uh, Christina uh, Blue t uh, chimed in, and um, she's been a fighter of transgender, transgender rights since she was a teenager and because um, she transitioned very young. But, um, but she put there's so much to include. 50 states now approve same-sex marriage, um, the groundbreaking trans series Transcendent launched, and the trans movement began to move forward in a big way. Inclusion is near for all of us, and that's, I think, a big thing that I'm, I'm pretty sure most trans people probably can't agree to, that a lot has happened to make 2015 one of those memorable years that Got so much, and not just one thing in, in their movement, but so much has happened for them that this has to be probably one of the biggest years in their civil rights movement. For sure. I think that, I mean, we're both in the, the entertainment news space, and, and we saw a lot of, you know, actresses, musicians, dancers, everyone sort of publicly supporting the LGBT community and trans community, all of that this year. And that's, that's like, crazy. I mean, it was, mm -hmm. it was way more people than I ever would have expected. And so, yeah, it was definitely a big year. I mean, everybody sort of touched on in their statements um, that this was, I mean, we lived through history with, you know, 2015, same-sex marriage, legal across the U.S. And then, of course, you know, all this push towards recognizing the trans community. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, there's some unexpected faces, of course, at the, the forefront. No one really expected, like, Caitlyn Jenner or, or any of these um, 
bigger faces that that weren't I don't know <laughs> that we didn't see coming. But, right. Um, no. True. True. Totally true. I left field. Like what? Um, yeah. But. But the impact, regardless, and, and that's a good thing because even regardless how you feel about Caitlyn Jenner's transition um, and the, you know, the aftermath of her transition and show and all that, regardless of how you feel about that, the good thing is, my gosh, the t the conversation of the right, trans yeah. community has gone from level 10 to level one. Okay. Because it is, it's, it's on every newscast. You can't watch a news program, CNN, you can't watch anything without a transgender story being said. And that is, is so unheard of because it used, those were the stories that got put in the trash can. Now these are stories that people want to talk about or know about. And we all know, we know as being gay men, as being minority uh, people, that making that type of impact in news is very important to any cause or fight. Right. You know, so um, I, I totally see what you're saying. Also in the... Um, in, in our quote, I did get an opportunity to talk to some of our nightlife people, and one of them was Kai Martinez, who both of you and I know quite well and have worked with um, over our careers and in nightlife. And the biggest thing that he was he stated was remember was his his recognition by um, Gloss Magazine and the City of San Francisco for his charitable work. And I think a lot of times, I, I, I thought that was really, it was touching because I think so many times people don't look at nightlife as being charitable. But in the way that it's presented, particularly with Kai, you know, many of his um, events that he throws are for raise money for charity. And he's raised tens of thousands of dollars for charity um, by making people feel good, you know, on a weekend. And I think that for him, that meant so much to be recognized um, for doing something he loves, but that somebody recognized that what he does actually gives back to many people. I think that right. was really kind of, uh, it was good for him to mention it and it was good for me to hear that, how it affected him. So how about you? Uh, what makes 2015 memorable for me? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I it it's it's been a lot this year. I mean, my this show that we are on today came back from a little bit of a dormant period of running on podcast. So that was that's made it very exciting for me to be back on a regular weekly schedule and programming um, under the tutelage and production of the Michelle. Meow show and also this year kind of ended on a great note because I got an opportunity to sign my very first record label contract and um, begins the marketing of a new single that will be out in a few weeks. So um, so those things are really uh, memorable for me. But I think the biggest thing for me was to really see the impact um, that working with the My Name Is campaign has had socially for the entire freaking world and um i've never felt like any activism that i've done has had such an impact like i've never seen that before and i've actually been able to see that something i said or something i did affected billions of people and um 
And that's been kind of satisfying and memorable for me. How about you, sir? Oh. Um, oh, you can't I mean, ask me the question, not expect me to ask you. Uh, I think for me, I mean, just sort of more on a smaller scale, like in my personal life, it's just been kind of figuring out how to balance things. Like, I don't know, I went from sort of the previous years being more uh, visible, you know, like mm-hmm. modeling, dancing, acting, whatever, and then sort of transitioning from that into you know, being more behind the scenes mm-hmm. was a little difficult. But it's really um, funny that being behind the scenes, how much more impact you have, huh? Right, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, just kind of... Because you've changed... The, I have to go out there and say that because you've changed the look of Gloss Magazine and and I, well, you know, you. I'm sure you... <laughs> I'm sure you don't hear that a lot. People notice it, but people just don't say it to the right people. But you've changed the face of that magazine and, um, and I know that the publishers have mentioned that to you, but I'm going to go on international waves here and let the world know that Frank <laughs> Finucci has stepped up and done an awesome job. So, um, so that should be memorable for you because I think it's taken a big step forward for the magazine. Well, thank you. I will take it. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for being on the show and sharing a little bit about that. If you haven't checked out your recent, um, uh, holiday Christmas in the year, um, gloss magazine, please pick one up at any location in the Castro or the LGBTQ community area. I'm going to wish you a goodbye. I'm going to wish you a happy end of 2015, and I'll see you next year. Bye, everybody. Be safe on New Year's Eve.